There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you want to boost the economy like Taylor Swift? Do you want to run a business empire like Rihanna? Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort. Creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets turns. Look, man. There. Oh, I see. Wow. Oh, and look over there. Wow. Is that oh, culture? Oh, yes. My goodness. Oh, wow. Yeah. Las Culturistas. Ding dong. Las Culturistas calling. And damn. Did we elect a new president or what? I think we elected a new president. I have a feeling we actually went and did that. So snaps for us. Mm. <laughs> We did that. We were the ones who organized in Georgia and Detroit and Philadelphia. LOL. No, Just oh kidding. my God. The biggest I think so, honey, to everyone in Georgia. I said I, that I don't I think that was the most moving part of this was everyone who stood in eleven hour lines to cast their vote in Georgia, everyone who registered this time for the for the first time ever, and Stacey Abrams and everyone that's working with Stacey Abrams in Georgia truly, I mean, they changed the whole voting landscape of this election. And it is, it's just, it's so inspiring. It's so inspiring. And let's just shout out the um, other women who yes. helped register 800,000 new Georgia voters. Helen Butler, Nse Ufat, uh, Deborah Scott, and Tamika Atkins. Bravo, bravo, bravo. Brava? Yes, brava. Matt, how are you feeling in the wake of all of this? I have to say, what a ride it was, because I thought, I mean, it, it really was giving me, it was giving me 2018 midterms where it looked just so bad for the first few mm -hmm. hours, and I, I was watching that election in New York. This time, it was like, watching from LA, it's like, you're seeing all the all the sort of doom and gloom earlier, and it looked, yeah. it just didn't look good, and then... Oh, yeah, in the daylight, that must be different to, like, get the returns in when it was still light out. Oh, for Florida to be, like, pretty much, like... Red, red, 
at like 6 p.m. was really mm, tough. Unsettling. It was like, this is happening so fast. It was so wild. But, you know, with the mail-in vote coming in late, that that it really turned exciting really fast. And of course, obviously, this with the caveat of it, it didn't exactly go as well as it should have gone in the House and the Senate, right. obviously. Right. I mean, and there's a lot to still... Um, engage in and still fight for. Um, first of which is, of course, on January 5th, the runoff elections in Georgia. Um, Warnock and Ossoff are still in this, and that would be literally, I mean, administration making for us mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. even out that's the what's going down in the Senate. And, um, you know, as of today, we're recording this on the 9th. This will be released on the 11th. But, you know, still no major Republican in the se- currently in the Senate or House has, like, come out and said that Biden won the election. It's still kind of really dragging its feet. And um, Romney in the Senate, but we do we count him? It's, yeah, yeah, I don't really count Mitt Romney. I, I remember one time he really tried to he really tried to get on my side when I was in high school by saying his favorite television show was Lost. And I was like, maybe <laughs> maybe he's the Republican I like. And then I was like, no, I don't think I like a single one. Um, mm. But but um, yeah, I mean, I, uh, for me, my perspective on it is like recount the votes. Go ahead. Like there, it'll be the same. Like right, Biden right. is the president elect. And we will, starting now, start that accountability process. Because as we've been saying on this podcast, you know, from when he was selected as the nominee, he was not our nominee of choice. And now comes the work of making sure that we continue to hold him accountable and making sure that they, you know, involve some progressive voices in this in this cabinet and in this administration, because the rumored picks are not it. No. Meg Whitman, excuse girl, me, you I still need to lick your wounds after Quibi, girl, okay? And speaking as a Quibi girl myself, on behalf of Matt as well, who is also a Quibi girl, give it a rest for just a second. I just Before don't you understand. serve in this damn cabinet, no, get away. I, I just feel I'm like the, the failing up that is going on with that woman is I, I, almost iconic. Cathartic. It, you, it's it, cathartic. So we, uh, so for our for our new readers, for our new listeners, we have now interchangeably we've we, we've used the word cathartic to mean iconic when it clearly does not mean that. But it's a it's an interchangeable substitute. Just a sort of you know, it's now words mean nothing, um, but they do, just not on this podcast. Anyway, speaking of meaning something, speaking of progressive voices, and speaking of progressive, and speaking of big elections upcoming. Oh my gosh! This is, I mean, of course, all eyes are on the, the Georgia runoff on January fifth. But after that, the probably the most important race coming up in June twenty twenty one is the race for a Manhattan DA. Our guest today, I'm so excited. I know Bowen is so excited too. So, so excited. She is a public defender in New York City. And our guest is also memorable for appearing on two seasons of Survivor, which this is actually how I learned of our guest today. Because as the readers know, Bowen and I did fall into a Survivor wormhole because of quarantine. So all of a sudden, I was very, very, very sort of infatuated with our guest because I see a lot of myself in her, which I'll tell her (laughs) when when we bring her in. But she came in fourth place on Survivor Vanuatu, which is fucking pretty great. Yes. And made such a lasting impression that she was invited back for what many would consider to be the greatest season of Survivor of all time, which was the All-Star season Micronesia season 16, which was won by friend of the show Parvati Shallow. Also competed on The Amazing Race with iconic Survivor villain Corinne Kaplan, just relentless Survivor villain. 
I mean, truly, her and our guests both have delivered iconic, insane tribal council speeches to the people on the mm. up for the win. But more importantly, she is now a candidate for Manhattan DA. And this race is coming up in June. And after representing over 3,000 New Yorkers who would otherwise not be able to afford a, a lawyer and just being an advocate for years for low-income people, brown and black people in the city of New York who just face an insane racist criminal justice system, which is, as she says in her platform, doesn't need to be reformed, but transformed. Mm. And we're just so excited. This race is coming up in June of 2021. She's running on a platform of, like I said, criminal justice reform, social justice for all, especially those that are most vulnerable. And we're so, so excited to welcome to the pod, open up your ears for, Eliza Orleans. Welcome. What a welcome. What a welcome. It's so great to be here. I am such a big fan of the two of you. And this is oh, just what a joy. You deserve an intro like that. Oh, wow. yes. Thank oh, you. Yes. Wait, okay. Can we very quickly just touch on personal history? Because I I need to know more about you. I feel like you have lived a truly cosmopolitan life. I born in New York, but then you like lived in Hong Kong with your family for years and years and years. Uh, a couple of years. Also lived in okay. Beijing. Also, you know, I have a Chinese sister. I can only describe my face right now as Eliza Orleans-esque. Because Eliza my jaw has dropped. dropped. Oh my gosh. That is true fluency. Eliza, you have your tones down. Ah. You know the tones. Oh, oh my you're god. No, don't me. be I... don't be bashful. This is incredible. Well, that's part of the Chinese culture, right? You don't accept a compliment under any circumstances. Absolutely. I know like 17 ways to say no, 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 no. Like that is yeah, not yeah, you yeah. say so the first time he said, you know, my Chinese was good, and I said, Nali, Nali, Nali. which means which means where, where? Where, where? It's yeah. like you're not supposed to accept a compliment. And then the second time I was like, oh, bugantang. It's like, don't flatter me. Don't like, flatter me. You know, yes. all these different ways to not accept a compliment because the last thing you're supposed to do is just say like, oh, thank you. Like, in- But there really are a million ways to deflect. There really are. It's baked into the linguistic culture of of Mandarin. It's, yeah. it's so funny. Um, that's I, I've always thought that was so cool and... Um, I don't know. I just think you've you've really been you've been about that jet set life your whole your whole life, and I feel <laughs> like that absolutely set you up for success on Survivor and the Amazing Race. Anyway, I just wanted to, I just wanted to point well, that Amazing out. Race. We did not. Do, we were not great. We should have been better at Amazing Race, but such is life. Such is life. What was it that had your family relocate to China? So my dad's worked in China my whole life. Um, he's you know, I mean, he hasn't now been in a little while thanks to COVID, but he, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's worked there since before I was born, you know, speaks mm. fluent Mandarin. Um, he's the president of the National Committee on U.S.-China Relations. So wow. fostering the, the diplomatic relationship between the U.S. and China. And it's always just been a huge part of my life. When I was four, we went to Beijing, adopted my sister when she was just a few days old. Uh, mm. And so, you know, China has just been a, a massive part of my life. Wow! I, I literally, before all of this, Bowen and I talked so much about going because I want to go so badly. The reason why I was saying, and I truly just did the Eliza face as this was all happening, the reason I said I kind of identified with you is because 
whenever I'm watching Survivor and there's tribal councils happening and like shit's going down and people <laughs> on the jury are just sort of stoic, I'm like, girl, my I would be acting the biggest fool. And so you sort of became an iconic meme really before memes for Survivor fans for reacting to the many blindsides that unfolded mm-hmm. um, mostly as a result of the Black Widow Brigade, which was Ms. Amanda, Suri, and Parv um, sort of getting the, all the guys out there that were huge threats for the win. So I was watching you react to, to this, like, and truly it was so, like, active and just oh, yeah. live. You were living out loud. I mean, yes, there it is. <laughs> but I guess, like, were you even trying to hold back because you didn't want to like kind of disturb an outcome? Like, what is, have you always been uh, not able to help yourself like me? <laughs> it's like it's so funny. Yes, we're the same. Like, it's <laughs> I, I wear my emotions on my face. Like, I have to work extremely hard not <sighs> to roll my eyes at things or like drop my jaw at things when I am yeah. surprised by them. And people who know me in real life are like, "Oh yeah, that's just her." Like, you should see her sitting on her couch watching Survivor at home. Like, oh my god, like screaming at the TV. <laughs> but <laughs> when it's happening on Survivor and you're sitting on the jury, you know, yeah. You haven't seen all the things that have led up to that tribal council. So you at home right. are watching and yeah. even even people at home can be shocked, but you've just watched all the strategizing, everything that's gone down in those three days. As a juror, you're brought in completely blind. And mm-hmm. so you're watching it and you think you know what's happening because you only left a few days earlier or you mm-hmm. heard from someone, but then it's like just shocks you out of the blue. And I'm just a very expressive person. Yeah. This first season you did was season nine. So... This was very early, very early on. So something we talked to Parv a lot about was what was it like as a huge fan of the show to then watch your season and see yourself as an edited character? Because Bowen and I talk a lot about, um, you know, the dissonance of seeing yourself being represented in a way that is slightly off what your own personal truth is. But yeah, I mean, talk about that experience. Well, I mean, I think I got a, just a great deal of enjoyment out of it. Some people hate watching themselves back. And for me, it was like <laughs> so exciting because there I was like living out my dream. You know, I loved Survivor from episode one of season one of the show. Wow. I, I watched the first season of Survivor and I, I turned to my mom and I was like, I'm going to be on that show. And she was like, of course you are, sweetheart. <laughs> and now she says, be careful what you tell your kids because they will believe you. Yeah. And, <laughs> And I, you know what's so funny? Are you guys too young to have had AOL Instant Messenger? Oh, no, oh, we had no, AOL. We had AIM, yeah. Okay, so AIM. I had, so obviously AIM was like a big thing back then. And mm-hmm. on my AIM bio, I wrote future Survivor 9 <laughs> contestant. Wow. Nine. Because that was going to be the first season I'd be eligible to apply for because I would turn wow. 21. And that was the minimum age. I turned 21 a month before applications were due. And I was like, I'll be 21. I'll be on season nine. I calculated it's two per season. Da, da, da. And I realized that season. So I was manifesting before it was cool. I like had it in my <laughs> wow. bio, future Survivor 9 contestant. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm actually interviewing. I better take it off because they'll think <gasps> that I'm like spoiling. I'm like in violation of my contract. But I had it up there for years. 
that wow, that's is, the secret down. I mean, you yeah. So it. then I like went on the show. And so even watching it back and just being like, oh my God, like I got to do this thing that I had like set my sights on for years, like that I like loved that I wanted to do so badly that even when I got a terrible edit and got all this, like what they call negative SPV, if you were ever an Edgic fan. What's um, SPV? second person visibility so meaning everyone was saying bad things about me (laughs) right yeah you you kind of got that reputation of like oh she talks too much she's like i do go yeah (laughs) she's like you know overachiever so i think the word annoying might have been thrown around which i gotta say they say about me too um but you know so watching that was it bothering you or you'd kind of just like no i get it (laughs) I mostly found it funny. Like, I think even when my mom was there, like I won the family visit, my mom was there and I was like, and I was cracking up with her and you see like a small clip of it. I'm like, mom, everyone thinks I'm annoying. And we were like (laughs) laughing (laughs) because like, you know, I'm like a loud Jew from New York, like compared (laughs) to all these people who are like, oh, I met a Jew once. She was real nice. (laughs) You were on there with a lot of like, a lot of uh, Southern characters. Yeah. Mm -hmm, Especially mm -hmm. towards the end there, it was you and Ms. Twilight. Twyla and Scout. Their names were Twyla and Scout, y'all. <laughs> Harper Lee could never. Well, she literally did name one of her characters Scout, but I mean, I was but like, she could never. But she could never. It's actually Rule of Culture number thirty-eight. Harper, Harper Lee, Lee could, could never. never. So then, so then you get, so then you get the call to do Micronesia, and then you were on the Favorites Tribe. Yes. And how does it? So then, now you're there with like all stars, who you probably are a fan of. Oh yeah, I'm there with like Sari and Ozzy and. You know, Johnny freaking Fairplay and all Ugh. these these superstars, Penner. It was it was pretty intimidating. Oh, right. And Penner. I know, I know, my love. And it you know, I caught a couple unlucky breaks. For sure. Not that much I really think I could have done differently. Right. But it was still a great experience. I mean, I got to be on, I, I got to have my stick line. I got to have be on the jury. Like it was still a, a really the, fun season. The to stick be on. line. Was, I mean, I think you have a couple iconic lines because of course, and when, so you placed fourth in Vanuatu. So not only are you like on the show, but you do great. And it's, it, it was just sort of a blind side of you uh, at the top four, because Chris, who ultimately won the season was sort of running the game at that point. And it just, he, he just gotcha. And then, and when you get up there for the tribal council, you call them both deceptive, lying bitches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as a, to, to have your reality TV moment and then you get to say you are a deceptive, lying bitch has to feel pretty good. <laughs> I mean, sitting at Ponderosa, writing out my speech, being like, and then I deliver it and I'm all, you know, with my arms You folded crossed. your arms, you did. And that top was great, too. I was like 21 years old in my yeah. little tube top. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so basically she goes, my question is not really a question, it's a comment. And she yes. says they're deceptive, lying bitches. And she goes, I want an apology. <laughs> Phenomenal to come in with a demand instead of a question <laughs> at Final Tribal Council. Incredible. It's so great. And so then you're on Micronesia and we can see sort of, you know, it's an incredible season of television. I mean, even yeah. even if even for a non-winner, you have to admit and be proud of being a part of that. Oh, yeah. Because it's like so, so crazy. But Friend of the show, Parv, and you, like, there was a little bit of, like, it felt like there could only be one Highlander, like, on that season. Oh, listen, we had we both had it out for each other from day one, and then I <laughs> ultimately ended up being the vote that gave her the million dollars. Like, you wow. know, it's, like, poetic. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I remember she she talked about that too. Like, um, in, in retrospect, looking back, it's like, oh, uh, had she heard even a little bit of if how how me and I was being like, then maybe she wouldn't have voted for me for the million. So interesting how things work out. Yeah, Parvati's like the ultimate mean girl. <laughs> but she makes it look good on Survivor <laughs> for sure. She's for a phenomenal sure. Survivor player. Phenomenal. Yeah. I also, and this is this is just meant in total earnest. Like I love the fact that she's transitioned from Mean Girl into like Yoga Mom and like wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Yoga Mom. I just, I just love thinking about Survivor just being this like frozen in amber moment for people, and then like they like move on to do amazing things, like write children's books about meditation or like in your case you're a public defender with the legal aid society and then now you're running for manhattan da it's like oh this is a lovely like not many reality shows have this sort of long-term narrative that we can all follow and track and i feel like this is a very i don't know it's just very cool to see what you're doing now um yeah, and you said in interviews how being on these shows has helped you deal with people that you don't like work with people you don't like and even just withstand some weird negative assault on your character or aspersions that are being cast upon you. Definitely. And I do think like there are so many people in the survivor alumni community who are just phenomenal humans who are out there Mm, doing incredible things, changing the world, fighting against injustice, you know, who've really shown up and supported me and my campaign and been there for, and like just really stepped up in like such major ways. Um, And it's incredible to be connected with this group of humans that it's all because I went on this reality TV show when I was 21 years old. Like that's wild. And it did prepare me in some ways because I think there are so many things that running for office has also taught me. And I think that people, you know, you're just like reality TV, you're really putting yourself out there. And you're Mm -hmm. like, these are the things that I'm going to say. These are the things I believe. This is who I am authentically. And Mm -hmm. even if they don't see all of you, like the things that are put out are are the real things about you. And so someone pulls like one little quote from something and that's what, and you have to deal with it. And then, you know, I think that, you know, I've been getting rape and death threats in my inboxes for, for you know, a decade and a half. So Jeez. it's nothing new. Wow. Um, it's so funny. I like put out something recently, like some, I just was unhappy one morning or something. And I like screenshotted a f- like three DMs I'd gotten in the last like 30 minutes. And it was just like a random Tuesday morning. And I put the three of them up and I was like, oh, this is, by the way, just in case you were wondering what women, women yeah. candidates, women go through in general on social media. This is just what I've gotten this morning. And people were like, oh my God, this is so terrible. Like, oh, I can't believe this. This is awful that you're dealing. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, oh, like this is just a random 30 minute period on a Thursday morning. Like this is, this is typical. Like this is hundreds of times a week. And like, yeah, we like make light of this stuff and like the horrible things that happen when like I've been zoom bombed recently and, and called terrible things and screamed at. And, you know, and it's like, you try and make light of it. You try and tell the story, but also you have to be a resilient person. You have to have a pretty thick skin. Mm. um, Because otherwise when people tell you, that they're going to come kill you or that you should kill yourself. Like maybe it would affect you, um, you know, in an intense way. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, not to, not to sort of like feign disbelief at women candidates going through, or just women in general going through this social media landscape. But I mean, that is just, it really takes some kind of like psychic fortitude to like really, I don't know, build up your walls high enough to know that like, this is not relevant, that the threats aren't, 
that most of the time these threats aren't meant to be taken seriously and are just right. meant to sort of intimidate you, know, you right. scare right. you from scare you from doing the great thing that you're doing. Yeah. Right. And I think that part of being district attorney is going to require like a, a pretty like intense resilience yes. and the ability to be fearless in yeah. bringing prosecutions against those who are extremely powerful and well-connected against holding the police accountable. You know, there, there are people who will be out there who will seek to intimidate me, who will seek to mm-hmm. threaten me and make it so that I don't act in a certain way. And that's just, you know, I'm not susceptible to any of that. Right. You know, uh, spe- you, you bring up um, that obviously you're running for DA and not only are you running for Manhattan DA, which would be a huge undertaking as is. Let's talk a little bit about Cyrus Vance, who's the current Manhattan DA. And I just want all the readers to listen up to some of the stuff that's gone down, like as Cyrus Vance has held that office for the past a little bit over a decade. So this is this is just some stuff. He declined to prosecute Harvey Weinstein in 2015. He dropped a fraud case against Ivanka and Don Jr. So he, just allowing the wealthy and connected to get away with what they get, what they do. He argued for leniency in the case against Jeffrey Epstein, who we all know how that ended up after he raped legions and legions of 13, 14 year old girls. And, um, you know, just generally has allowed the wealthy and the connected and the white to get away with murder. You know, something that really stuck out to me as I was researching this in the last 10 years, I don't know if you know this, Bowen, 70,000 people have been arrested in New York City for possession of what's called a gravity knife. Um, but Cyrus Vance, he'll just arrest 70,000 people because it's illegal to have this, but refuses to take action against the hardware stores that still sell this illegal mm-hmm. product. And it, it, as of 2019, it's no longer illegal because that was getting so fucking out of control. Cuomo finally did something about it. But I mean, this is a corrupt individual who currently right. holds the office of Manhattan DA. And it's important to say flat out, he is a Democrat and it's not, this is not a Republican DA. This is a corrupt establishment Democrat. Well, it's he's a deeply entrenched incumbent who, again, who has his who's been in office for ten ten years. He hasn't. Is, is this true? He he hasn't officially announced that he will run for re-election. Correct. He hasn't yet said whether he's running for re-election, but he doesn't have to. And do you want to know right. why? Just another way in which these systems are built to maintain the status quo. Um, if you had wanted to give to Joe Biden or another candidate in the primary for president, you could donate a maximum of $2,800. And what's the limit for, for lo- the local election? Like 30-something? 30 30 $35,000. Oh, my there God. You go. There you go, Per individual people. donor. So, you know, in the first filing period, we raised 330-something thousand dollars from over 3,500 donations, which is amazing. Wow. And I'm so proud of the grassroots movement that we're building and like getting all these people who are supporting, who are giving a dollar, two dollars, five dollars, twenty dollars. It's amazing. But Cy Vance can spend an afternoon. He can call 10 of his friends mm-hmm. and say, hey, I need you to max out to me and raise $350,000 from 10 people in an afternoon. It's crazy. And this is how, you know, this is why it's only ever been these very powerful people, powerful men, I should say, powerful white men who have held this office. It has only ever been held by white men in the history of that office. In the last, in my lifetime, in our lifetime, 
it's been two white men. It's been Cyrus Vance for nearly 12 years and Robert mm-hmm. Morgenthau, his predecessor, for 36 years and four white men in the last century. Wow. Wow. And you, I think, are, are, are you the only public defender who's running for DA? Yep. And I've spent my career going up against that office, like going mm-hmm, up against mm-hmm. the Manhattan DA's office, representing people who were charged by that office, who couldn't afford to hire a lawyer, who were, you know, charged with things as minor as jumping a turnstile, you know, minor mm-hmm. possession of marijuana, taking up two seats on the subway. Could you tell the story? Because this is what strikes, this is what just really struck me. And and you often reference this. The gentleman with the groceries. Yeah. I would love to hear, so all the readers can hear about that. For sure. So, um... I think it, I think I represented him my first year as a public defender. For the purposes of the story, I'll call him John for John mm-hmm. Doe. And John was an assistant manager at a Gristides in Lower Manhattan. He'd worked at the same Gristides for 25 years, made his way up to assistant manager. And one night he was closing up the store at about 11 p.m. He bought two bags of groceries with his employee discount, locked up the store and walked over to the A train to head home to Upper Manhattan. And he got on the subway, not crowded, put his bags on the seats next to him and prepared for his long ride home. At the 125th Street stop, two uniformed NYPD officers got on the train, grabbed John's groceries, dumped them on the ground and placed him in handcuffs and proceeded to take him to jail for the night for the crime of occupying multiple seats on a transit facility. That's unbelievable. That and and he he's what? How long was he taking up two seats on the train? Spent the night insane. in jail. He's so so. Then you were able to get him out the next day. But I got him out of jail the next day. But that's that doesn't yeah it doesn't change the fact he's been of like, traumatized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His all his family's groceries were thrown out. You know he was he he you know didn't get to sleep at home. Maybe he missed work the next day. Like it all the things that happen to you from from being just arrested, even spending a day in jail, is just it's horrifying. The amount of stories I've heard just anecdotally of people jumping turnstiles who get like slammed up against a fucking wall. Like these are like women I'm talking. Like I've heard stories from like elderly women who have been like slammed up against subway walls for like whatever fair evasion, I guess, but they just kind of like found themselves having to like do it. And that's not to like absor- whatever, but I mean, it's just like it. None of it ever scales to the actual like, like the victimless. I mean, I, there's a distinction to made to be made here about a victimless crime, right? I mean, infraction, yeah. And then yes, exactly. But the thing is, jumping a turnstile is an is a class A misdemeanor. You face up to one year in jail for theft of services. So it's not an infraction, even though like we think of it as being sure, like sure. you stole two dollars and seventy five cents. Like yeah. it mm-hmm. should be an infraction. It should be a civil. Deal. It should be something that is never, ever, ever punished by criminalization, by incarceration, by locking someone up in a cage like that and also not to mention the cost to taxpayers it costs oh, yeah. 975 dollars to put someone on rikers island for one night 975 dollars yeah. so like you could put someone in the nicest hotel in new york city like mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't cost you know it's like it, when you think about the way in which we spend this money to to police to surveil to prosecute to incarcerate people when we could be investing that in in helping people in investing in people in addressing the underlying issues they're facing. It's just like, we need to reimagine this. We need to think about transforming this system. And so I would imagine that you are in favor of defunding the police. 
<laughs> yes. We spend six billion dollars on yep. policing. Like these, this is there is no there's no amount of like retraining that's going to fix the problem. Right. We need mm-hmm. to reallocate those resources into social services, into education and school and housing and food and everything. Yes, yes, very much so. I'm curious what your take is on the current um, discussion that's happening in the Democratic Party about why those House seats were lost and why even uh, why more House seats were lost. We have or uh, we're, we're in danger of being lost. We have these more moderate Democrats saying that the messages of Green New Deal, of defund the police, these things drove voters away. And then you have sort of AOC coming with the receipts, which are here's everyone that supported Medicare for all and they all got elected to, to or they were, they were all reelected and what this message is not entirely factual. I would imagine that, you know, you're Listen, on that side. I, I mean, I think that there are, I think that, there, there has to be recognition that not all districts are the same and mm-hmm. that there are people who, you know, we're in safe districts and people who are in swing districts and we need to address things differently within those districts, et cetera, et cetera. But like, I really, yeah, I really obviously find myself much more on the progressive wing of the party in that, you know, I think that it really is important, especially in places where people are receptive to the messages, to not be afraid to call out the things that are happening, to call out, you know, systemic racism and injustice and these these things that exist that continue to oppress and marginalize members of our communities. And so I think that that there really is no there's no world in which like I would not be calling those things out, but I think that you know we have to we have to like recognize that um not all districts are the same and and that there are other things in play regarding how someone lost a district more than just oh they didn't support Medicare for all. I think exactly. it's more nuanced and complicated than that. Of course, and it's so. It's I, I. I always hate how you know it gets funneled through the media, and then all we can see is the argument, and not the fact that like there really shouldn't be a fucking argument. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm, the the mm-hmm. we have we're dealing with white supremacy in in our policing, like mm-hmm. and it's it's it that's how it's that's how it was created, and you know just in terms of facts, you know mass incarceration is up five hundred percent over the past forty years, and the crime rates are not higher. Correct. It's, I mean, can you speak a little bit to that? Like, it's just, it, that should say it all. Well, I mean, we, we continue to incarcerate people for things like drugs. I mean, I think like the war on drugs has been like the biggest failure. It's not been a war on drugs. It's been a war on people. And that's mm-hmm. people of color, LGBTQIA folks, you know, people with disabilities. It has just served to marginalize and oppress people. And I think like what what we can take away from this most recent election, like one of the most positive things, I mean, aside from evicting the current occupant of the White House, is that everywhere that drugs were on the ballot, we won. Everywhere yeah. criminal justice reform was on the ballot, we won. And people are finally coming around to understanding that criminalizing human beings is not the answer and that we need to legalize marijuana. We need to decriminalize all drugs. We need to favor you know, rehabilitation and treatment over punishment. And because when we lock people up, we're doing nothing to address a substance use disorder that someone's facing. Nothing right. to address mental health issues that someone's facing. And maybe someone's self-medicating with with drugs or alcohol, but like that doesn't mean that locking them up is going to solve any of that. And so it was really heartening to see those measures pass, um, you know, in Oregon and, and other places where, where that was on the ballot. Because this is a really big element on your platform, which is to divert um, 
any low-level drug charge or offense to a treatment program. I mean, that's like a big sort of item on your on your platform, would you say? Well, I don't want to prosecute low-level drug offenses at all. I mean, we yeah, haven't yeah. decriminalized um, all drugs here in New York, and hopefully in the next session, they're going to legalize marijuana. But but I hope that one day, legislatively, they will fix that in New York. But until mm-hmm. they do, we need to elect prosecutors like me who say, it doesn't matter whether or not this law is on the books. I get to use my discretion as the elected district attorney, and I will not prosecute drug possession anymore. Huge, personal use possession, huge. we will not prosecute that because all we're doing is either criminalizing a substance use disorder or criminalizing someone using drugs for what? For their own enjoyment or something. I mean, like, but either right. way, when we talk about victimless crimes, like when we talk about things that all we are doing is hurting people, hurting individuals, hurting their families. You know, people people get so riled up and they talk about, oh my God, Donald Trump has a family separation policy and he's separating families on our southern border. And yet, oh, yeah. there's a family separation policy in your backyard. The mm-hmm. di- district attorney is acting in your name. They stand up in court every day and say, on the behalf of the people of the state of New York, and they separate families. Mm. Because the people who are getting locked up are people's children. They're people's mm-hmm. parents, they're people's spouses, um, they're people's siblings, and these are people who are getting locked up for things like possessing drugs. And that's why it's crucial to change the DA, because if the DA doesn't change, the DA is the person that decides whether or not to prosecute these things. So can anything really change in the city if we don't change the DA? I mean, flat out, not really, right? No, it'll be extremely difficult. You know, like having a district attorney who is like Cy Vance, who's really like extremely punitive, you know, perpetuates this like lock them up, throw away the key mentality when it pertains to the majority of people in this city, you know, low-income folks, black and brown folks, et cetera. It really just... It perpetuates mass incarceration. It um, it actually doesn't make our city safer. Um, when people say, oh, well, what about like, oh, you're going to be letting out people who are criminals or something. You know, that there's like this, there's this us versus them mentality. And the, DA, the current DA's office has really, you know, used this language, this dehumanizing language. Oh, people are criminals, felons, inmates, bodies, prisoners. All the language they use is so that people associate, oh, it's them. It's not me, yeah, it's them. Yeah. But when I tell stories like that of John and someone's like, oh my God, like I put my purse on the seat next to me all the time. I wouldn't I've never have even arrested. known it was a crime. I would not have even known you weren't supposed to do that. Laying down on a park bench is a crime. You know, it's literally called obstruction of a park bench. Um, you know, putting something down on the sidewalk, like immovable object. Like it's, there are so many things that are, cr- that are crimes in this city, but that they're only criminalized if you are a person of color, if you are someone who's low income, if you are someone who's experiencing homelessness, you know. And so having a district attorney who thinks about these people as people as people who truly humanizes every single person. And that all comes from my lived experience of being a public defender and representing thousands mm-hmm, of people and mm-hmm. hearing all of their stories and meeting their families and sitting at their kitchen tables and, and seeing what their families go through when they are locked up. And, and the reality is like, it doesn't make us safer when we lock people up, you know, we're sold this false choice, but it's not what's keeping us safe. No, because Another thing about this sort of criminalizing criminal language that people use where you're saying it it creates this us versus the mentality is that it also on top of that, I think just compartmentalizes our understanding of the actual criminal activity that's happening in our neighborhoods, which is predatory, just predatory landlords. Mm -hmm. Um, 
wage theft, over policing of like neighborhoods just in a blanket way. Exactly. That's it's 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 letting those things sort of live very invisibly without people having this awareness of that thing actually being criminal. Like the way that your landlord is exploiting you is the actual criminal thing. That person is the actual criminal who has maybe never been on Rikers, but is owns your fucking building. Right, exactly. And when you talk about wage theft, like if you think about the fact that like, I mean, I can't even tell you how many people I've represented who have been charged with theft crimes for going into a CVS and stealing you know, a pint of ice cream or a Snickers mm-hmm. bar or something, you know, something that's truly worth like $4.99 or less. Right. And they get prosecuted, held in jail, sent to jail, you know, et cetera. And then the person who's committing wage theft to the tune of millions, maybe tens of millions, maybe hundreds mm-hmm. of millions of dollars, that person is not prosecuted. If any repercussions even come to that person, they're usually just, oh, pay a fine, uh, civil mm. penalties, you know, and it's like the same goes for, for you know, people who are operating construction sites where where their workers are in danger, where their union laborers in, are in danger. Right. But how is that a civil thing and not a criminal thing? Is Well, for the most part, these things don't really get investigated. But if there are sometimes right. investigations by the attorney general's office, like then there'll be civil penalties rather than um, criminal. Got it. Okay, I have another maybe wonky question. It might not even be wonky, Please. but I, I'm curious. It seems like Manhattan DA has this special relationship with the NYPD, and, and maybe this is a Vance thing, but like, like NYPD gets to prosecute certain criminal cases out of their own legal sort of unit or bureau or whatever. Is that tr- is that true? I mean, can you can you maybe break that down for someone like me who doesn't really know how that gets so. Yes. So the NYPD, I think recently, which we heard during the protests, moved their their people who sit in the Manhattan DA's office out when Vance said he was going to dismiss some of the protesters' cases. In in protest Mm. themselves, they moved out. And it's like, what what the hell were they doing there in the first place? Like having the police in the DA's office and having this close relationship where they're, you know, giving money or they're supporting or they're whatever, like... It means that the DA is not independent, is not able to bring the cases necessary yes. to hold them accountable. And so it, there's just misconduct is is just rampant. It's yeah. rampant. And it's and and the misconduct that I talk about, it's not just um it's well, first of all, obviously it's what we see on these videos. It's the 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 assaults and brutalization and harassment and terrorizing um and you know harming the members of our communities, first of all. But then it's there's more than that. There's the false arrests. There is the um the perjury. You know, they're mm. they're they're police officers. They walk into the court. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth? I do. And then that person lies under oath, either in front of a judge, in front of a jury, in front of a grand jury, and there are zero repercussions. Mm. None. And oftentimes, defense counsel can't even find out about it. You know, their misconduct is shielded by the DA's office. And so the Manhattan DA has just been absolutely complicit in this, you know, completely repetitive and awful misconduct by the NYPD. And so, you know, it's just past time that we that we hold them accountable for these harms. And they know right now that they're not going to be held accountable. And so they really just operate with impunity. Mm, mm. And this is why this is really why I think it's important to let people know that you're the only I, I feel like it t- to have a public defender 
the district attorney would would actually be the most impactful means of not just reforming, but yeah, like as you say, transforming that office in a way that actually benefits everybody. A hundred percent. It's not even self-serve, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, For so. anyone moved right now, uh, while this is happening, if you're if you're getting angry about the state of things, you can go to elizaorleans.com and make a donation. I'm a proud donor. And um, uh, well, I'll remind you again at the end of the episode. But um, I wanted to ask um, just specifically about um, all of this in relation to the pandemic, which is ongoing, even though we have some promising news about potentially a vaccine that's out this week. We will see our fingers are crossed. But I wanted to ask you from your view, has the incarceration rate slowed or decreased in any way as a response to the prison system being a breeding ground for this virus or do you still see a concerning rate with which this is all happening it is incredibly concerning uh actually we're seeing right now i think data was just released in the last couple days that we're seeing an increase in the number of people at rikers island in the capacity there and i think that it is so dangerous to be uh, holding people in jails and prisons, especially during a pandemic. I mean, what we saw is that the rates of, in- of infection in our jails and prisons were more than 10 times that of New York City, even when New York City was at its worst back in, in March, April. And I mean, it makes, you know, if you think about it, it's like people entering our jails and prisons are already some of the most vulnerable in our society. And during incarceration, that vulnerability is just exacerbated by tightly confined spaces, inadequate access to medical care, unsanitary conditions, you know, no soap, um, lack, you know, no, no toilet paper, 30 to 40 people sharing a toilet, mess halls where you're sitting shoulder to shoulder with people eating off of dirty trays. Um, you know, hand sanitizer is literally contraband when you are in jail. There's certainly no ability to social distance. They were telling people, oh, sleep head to foot instead of both heads facing the same direction when the beds are 18 inches apart. That is not social distancing. You know, jails are incubators and there's no way to keep disease from spreading. So this is, you know, and and Cy Vance during the pandemic, instead of decarcerating, instead of releasing as many people as he possibly could, he was still actively sending people to Rikers Island, actively asking for bail on people. You know, a a 53-year-old man died, um, who was incarcerated on a technical parole violation, which for those who don't know means he missed a curfew or missed a meeting or had dirty urine for smoking marijuana. Like this is a person who was sentenced to death because of this. And so, you know, this just means that, that the DA's policies have more of an impact on this than ever. And, and this is just completely urgent as COVID once again surges. Yeah, this this actually reminds me of something else that's because it's also part of your platform to close Rikers and um, make sure that there's no more new prisons um, developed, built in the state, city, New York statewide. Like that's that's part of what you're doing. And I also was really struck by um, currently in place in Manhattan is the Conviction Integrity Program. USDA would establish a conviction review unit. Can you talk about the difference between what you're proposing um, in terms of um, what exi- what exists currently? Definitely. And and the the current conviction integrity unit has no integrity. I mean, it's window dressing. And 
it's just, it's like the idea that we should be not thinking about reviewing cases where we know that officers are um, people who have committed misconduct and yet their testimony served as the sole basis for someone to end up incarcerated serving decades or serving life, uh, you know, it's, it's completely outrageous. So I think that, you know, we need to be reviewing, we need to not only be reviewing for, for innocence claims, but we also need to be reviewing sentences. We need to be reviewing um, cases where someone's detained pre-trial. Um, we need to be thinking about those things. And um, especially in terms of a wrongful conviction unit, you know, it needs to be completely overhauled and it needs to be fully staffed there need to be people who are working in conjunction with an innocence commission to screen cases to make sure that we're avoiding future wrongful convictions. And, you know, I think all of doing all of those things will hopefully, you know, restore public trust in in this system. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And also, I just all readers should should remember and know that, you know, chokeholds have been illegal in New York for decades and that, you know, we still saw what happened to Eric Garner. And so these that's what we talk about when we talk about misconduct. You know what I mean? It's not just like someone not doing their due diligence here and there. It's things that result in the loss of human life. So that's um, it's just important to say out loud. Um, I think we should probably take a quick break. Yes. And then come back and ask the question. Oh. When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place. Whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long, Matt. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. Now, we all know we love to vacation together. We have various happy places. We love to go to Orlando, Florida. We love to go to Las Vegas, Nevada. We love to go to a beach anywhere. We love to go to Europe. But when we have truly traveled the world globally and domestically. My happy place is with my sister and any of those locations he just listed. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals, and you can even choose your own crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. For me, I'm choosing Matt Rogers. I'm choosing producer Becca. Yes. We're all going together, the Lost Cult family. So download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy place with Priceline. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. You know, but one of the toughest things about decorating my apartment has been getting things framed. Finding a place that will custom frame all my beautiful art pieces that I have without breaking the bank has been close to impossible. But then I found FrameBridge. 
I found FrameBridge too. FrameBridge makes it easy to get anything framed at an affordable price. Easily order online at framebridge.com or visit a FrameBridge retail store, upload a digital photo for them to print and mail your item using their free, secure, prepaid packaging. Or visit one of their 20 plus retail stores. FrameBridge custom frames your piece in their studio using the highest quality materials and ships it to your door in days for free. I love going into the brick and mortar locations. I've got one here in Brooklyn and they're so sweet. They can give you inspiration for what you want to get framed. I went in and I was like, I'm going to get my Chromatica ball bracelet framed. And they helped me. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I have so many memories I need framed and put upon the wall. And uh, they have a curated selection of frame styles with design experts right on hand who make it fun to choose the perfect frame for you. See why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. Do you need to be part of the next pop culture moment? Are you scared of missing out on once-in-a-lifetime experiences? From can't-miss music festivals to international fashion shows to your favorite celeb's favorite restaurant, staying in the know can be so expensive. Don't let your finances hold you back from living your best life. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com to start living yours. It's I-N-T-U-I-T.com. Let's get into it. Okay, we're back with Eliza Orland. If you, like me, um, are very motivated by everything she's saying on this episode, I would encourage you to donate ElizaOrlands.com. I'm going to donate as soon as we get off the Zoom, and you better trust and believe I will. I'm going to maybe think about maxing out to the 35000 Um, perhaps. Honestly, perhaps. and just remember that Cy Vance can call up his damn friend, and they're going to write a damn check, so we should all be writing the same check. Max out. Go Max into debt out for, for Eliza. Eliza. Max out for Eliza, title of ep. Max out for <laughs> Eliza's title of ep. Matt, I think you should ask the question. <laughs> okay, so Eliza... Um, on every episode of Las Culturistas, we ask a question of our guest, and that question is, what was the culture that made you say culture was for you? So this is that thing that happened at a young developmental age, could be in the pop culture, could be the culture surrounding you, that you look back and say, wow, that made me Eliza Orleans. Well, I think we already kind of covered it, but I swear <laughs> it was summer 2000. It was the first ever season wow. of Survivor. It Thank was. It Honestly, was because huge. it was like, it made me me. I was like, oh, I'm going to go be on that show. Like I'm going to, I'm going on that show. Like I watched Richard Hatch along with 50 million other people yeah, win that million dollars. And I like watched that rat and snake speech, you know, <laughs> Sue Hawk. And I was like, you, oh, were, yeah. you knew you were going to get your Sue Hawk speech one day and Damn it, you Boy, did. did you. <laughs> well, like, well, like, where would you, did you, did you have an awareness of, like, where this ambition was being placed before, like, pre-Survivor? Like, what were you, like, like, I feel like once you, once you see something like Survivor and you're like, I'm going to be on that show, I feel like that implies that you had some sort of, like, you're a goal-oriented person, but then, like, what were your goals before that? Well, so this is so funny. This is a funny, it's a, I guess it's a thing that everybody does, like goal setting, right? I was like, I'm going to learn Mandarin. Uh I like, you know, I spoke when I was a kid. So like the tonal stuff was kind of in the back of my head. So I minored in Mandarin in college. I was like, I'm going to run a marathon. I ran a marathon. I was like, I'm going to, you know, 
take my LSATs and go to law school. And, and, you know, and I was like, oh, I'm going to go on Survivor and I'm going to be a public defender. And so like, these are just gold. And now I'm like, I'm going to be the next Manhattan DA. So wow this is what we're doing. you are i feel I such a good energy around this and i know that the deck is so it, it can feel so stacked but i mean i just have so much belief that people that real people can figure out that this is something that would make a huge difference and you know when people talk about caring about local politics as much as we do national politics this is what we're this talking is it. about people this is it. This is what exactly. it is. And if, if there can be anything positive taken from the Trump administration, it's that I know, and I know so many people that know, that we will never feel complacent again in our lifetimes. Because how could you? I mean, like you were saying, like in, in terms of how th things shook out with the legalization of drugs um, around the country, I mean, we did, we did have an amazing... Um, increasing of the squad in, in in the house you know what i mean i'm so excited for cory bush and you know everyone jamal bowman you know what i mean there's so many people that are going to you know become a part of that voice in the house and yes we did quote unquote lose some seats but we what we gained in the uh in that vocal minority in the house right now which is really speaking for us the people so it really is it's just so exciting. I, I, I'm so excited for you. I really Thank am. You. I'm excited too. And like, I really know we can do this. I know we can do this and it's going to be, it's going to be a tough fight, but I know that we can get a public defender to the Manhattan DA's office and truly mm -hmm. like bring this bold transformational change that the whole rest of the country will look at and be like, wow, we can do it too. Like Ooh. we can do that. Yes. That's how we can have justice. That's what equity and justice. That's what it looks like. Yeah. I, I, have thinking, I have chills. I, I have chills. I have chills. I to have myself, chills. Um, I was thinking to myself, like, if only you had um, sort of uh, positively manifested winning Survivor and not just being on Survivor, maybe Stop. you would have won. <laughs> I Stop mean, not this. for nothing, but you got damn close. I saved it for the yeah. Manhattan DA race. <laughs> That's you, right. I didn't waste my winning manifestation. A hundred percent. I do want to ask, and I, I always... I, I we actually we talked a lot with Parv about Edge of Extinction, but and how what a miserable physical experience that is, and and so demoralizing and everything. But for you, on your first season, y'all experienced an earthquake, mm -hmm. crazy <sighs> storms. What was the hardest thing about being on Survivor? I mean, I've never been so hungry in my life. It is be. like this. It is all consuming. I mean to the point where every time you stand up, you, you like go black behind your eyes because you're eating like a couple hundred calories a day. I lost right. like more than a fifth of my body weight. Like oh. I, I was like down to bones. Like it was really bad. Um, I was truly starving and like my hair was falling out in clumps. Like it was, it was rough. And my, I guess my question is, so you get on to you get on the beach and you're probably like we we spoke on the phone a couple of months ago and you described it as a shit eating grin that you were wearing while yeah and then then you go through that experience which they do on some seasons of okay here's a map and carry all your shit and find the camp mm -hmm. how quickly does it set in how quickly does it go from I'm on my favorite show to fuck I'm a human being in the on an island you know what I mean how quickly? it's like ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like the first 10 minutes I'm like doo, 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 we're on the show and then it's like oh my god it's getting dark we have to and then half the people are like we should just hunker down here for the night and I'm like 
no what what are you nuts like we're gonna go find our camp like anyhow it's just yeah it's a total it's a disaster it's like immediate and then you forget the cameras are on you 24 7 you're exhausted and paranoid and starving and just just trying to survive so you do genuinely forget that the cameras are there I mean, it's not that you forget. It's just that you stop caring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that you understand them to be part of the environment, like a natural part of the environment almost. Right. But if you had wanted to present some polished version of yourself when you are that depleted (laughs) and starving and emotional and you don't sleep and everyone's trying to vote you out like you can't even if you wanted to like I mean I've gone 30 days without seeing my mom before um they told us that we were playing for a video chat with our loved one and then after I won the challenge Jeff was like well Eliza wouldn't it be better if your mom were here Susan come on out and I'm like oh my god (laughs) I always cry I always cry at the family visits. (gasps) Like sobbing, like sobbing, crying, like my mom's coming. I mean, it was just, it's just hysterical, but you're so emotionally drained and just so starved for like someone you love and trust. And it's, it's, yeah, it's a tough Well then, because I feel like I can barely follow the 40 chess that's being played from home. And I'm like, if I am physically drained emotionally drained mentally drained i don't have it in me to like plot certain blind sides or like check in on my alliances i'm like that's the part of the 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 entire game of survivor that like really confounds me and i'm so amazed by it that the people are able to operate in this very like hyper aware way and like be very nuanced in their thinking and i'm just like i can't even do that when i'm like fully fed fully sheltered (laughs) any of that sarif fields is a witch. She is. <gasps> she she has something going on in her brain that is. She should be president of the United States. Absolutely. Because because for Absolutely. me it's just like you're talking about all this stuff and you're saying ten minutes in you're already like fuck. Meanwhile that's like days and weeks into the show and she's able to to engineer this thing I that know. gets Ozzy out. I mean they all she's get they, so brilliant. Yeah, she's so brilliant. She's got to come she back. Be, and she win. should be like a hospital. She should be like a hospital admin or something. Like she she's a nurse. <laughs> she's been a nurse for all these years and she's she's incredible but she should she has like the like the the experience to like lead a whole fucking operation like for that, sure. I think. <laughs> I mean also like then it's just it's just crazy to me just like you you watching it I think were this is so insane to say, but she was all of us. Like <laughs> I always say we were going to bring back the expression Eliza is all of us right now. Um, but like in watching it, like it's so shocking. And then are you like well fed when you're at Ponderosa, which is where oh, yeah. you go? So you, yes. you, you're then you're just chilling and like partying. So wait, funny story. So in my first 24 hours after getting voted out, so I had lost 20 pounds. And on Vanuatu? Mm-hmm. Okay. And in the first 24 hours after I got voted out, I gained seven pounds. Are you kidding? In 24, 24 hours. hours. <laughs> but Did like my fingers were like sausages, like at my, yeah. like every, because like I hadn't had any salt or anything. So like I had cankles, like everything was Ugh. like, I was like retaining water. It was, I was a mess. And I had a wow. parasite and I was super sick for like oh, no. a very long time. Yeah. See, that's the whole other thing of it all. Is it like what is happening to your your digestional system, not to get crazy here, but every time, like I, I was watching one of the seasons during my binge and I, I believe it was Caramoan or something. And it was, they, they were all competing for cookies and milk. 
Mm. And so they <laughs> win and they're like shoving down these cookies and milk and someone on the other team just goes, you don't want that. It's just diarrhea. You're competing for <laughs> diarrhea. It's insane that they're, and the coffee and all that stuff. Like, I know. Of yeah. course, in the moment. Everyone's like, like oh, you're not going to, do you like ever like hold back and not eat the thing or drink the coffee or do, and I'm like, no, you do. And then it just makes you horribly ill. Like you're not yeah. going to not eat or drink anything they give you. But of course it makes you so sick. Because you Ugh. won one of those big, um, you won a challenge, which, and this is, whenever, like, we were so, um, we were watching uh, the season uh, China. China, And yeah. um, the, it was, like, so frustrating when PG was just, she didn't win a single thing. And then they all got to have this, like, experience. Like, I'm, I'm always Ugh. so bummed out when people don't get to have, like, the cultural experience for whatever it is they're going. And you actually won the challenge in Vanuatu, and you got to have that experience. Could yeah. you talk a little bit about, like, just getting to experience, like, that culture? It was so incredible. Like, we got included in this feast, and we met the children, and we got to, like, spend the night there and mm -hmm. participate in their ceremonies and cooking and everything. And, like, it was so incredible. Like, really truly like a once in a lifetime opportunity. And so, yeah, it's really sad for the people who miss out on that. Yeah. Not just for like a night of decent sleep or, or a, a meal. It's like the cultural experience is so, so, so important. Yeah. I just remember yeah. I, my heart broke for her um, in that moment when she was like, I'm being excluded from everything. And you could tell from the very but that first was, That was episode, the great wall trip. That was the great wall trip. Right, she, right, PG, right. PG won the challenge where, the, where she did win the cultural. She did uh, get to, you're right. She did yeah, get yeah. to go. I, when the great wall thing happened, I was like, because I remember the first episode Episode because she I was, was saying she, she was so touched <laughs> to be there because like it's it's you know like it's her culture and like you know it meant so much to her and then when she didn't get to go to the great wall i was like fuck everyone else i was like <laughs> i hate this but you truly did win that experience and i was gonna i i get here from the digestion of it all because you were like not holding back on that food and i'm like girl I don't know. Like, I get like the impulse control is at a zero because you you need to eat. But then I keep thinking yes. their stomachs are, are so shrunk. Like oh, your yeah. body is probably acting a fool after. That. And I won the I won the car. You won the car, which came with a big dinner, which made us very sick. That was a challenge to oh, wow. win. I know. I know that and the loved ones visit that rocks. Yeah. Yeah. You did it. I know. Oh my god. Eliza Orleans, everybody. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Do you need to be part of the next pop culture moment? Are you scared of missing out on once-in-a-lifetime experiences? From can't-miss music festivals to international fashion shows to your favorite celeb's favorite restaurant, staying in the know can be so expensive. Don't let your finances hold you back from living your best life. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, 
QuickBooks and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com to start living yours. It's I-N-T-U-I-T dot com. Let's get into it. Hey, everybody. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs classic clogs and sandals have both covered. And when we're talking about style, we mean personal style. There's just so many colors and so many gibbets charms. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood and to match your personality and to fit the occasion. I mean, ultimately, you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now let's talk about comfort. You know, it doesn't get better than the Crocs clogs and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here they're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushions. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I don't know if your I don't think so, honey, is related to it, but what are your broad impressions of, of what's gone down in the last week? You know what I mean? I, I, I want to hear from you. Yes. Like, where, where oh, were please. you? What's your experience with all of this before we get I don't think so, honey? Oh, my gosh. Um it's like hard to even believe that it's right. real. Like, I think it's still sinking in for me that yeah. we, that we beat Trump, but I think, you know, election night was tough. Like, yeah. like you both were saying at the beginning, this was, this was hard and it was not a referendum on Trump and the rest of the GOP, which has been completely complicit with all of the horrors that he's perpetrated over these last four years. So mm-hmm. I think that was pretty devastating. To witness and to be like, wow, 70 million people. And even if we win, like 70 million people in this country voted for him, like Mm -hmm. agree with all of these horrible things that he's done. Um, But then, of course, when it was announced, I met up with people and we danced in the streets and Mm -hmm. we cheered and we chanted USA. (laughs) Like, oh, my God. And we waved American flags. And it was like... We can be like proud to be American again. You know, it's like, it's like, let's, let's take back the Americans. Let's take back patriotism. Let's take back, you know, so that's, and then, and then the next day I was like, so do we get to start protesting Joe Biden yet? Or Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. (laughs) I I, I spoke with you right after he he announced Kamala as his VP and I asked how you were feeling and you were like, not great. I mean, you were feeling great. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. honestly, but then of course I got down to business and I was like, all right, now we got to win at all costs. Like we have to win this. Yes. Um, yeah. And we can push for the progressive policies that need to happen. We can push to end things, but like we had to get them. We had to get them a win. Right. Um, and it is historic. I mean, when I watched yes. her speak, I cried and, yeah. you know, I cried watching him speak. I was like, he wasn't even in my top five. Like, and I'm crying no. yeah. watching yeah. him speaking. It's like this, just this emotional, emotional buildup over, over, four years of of really fighting back and resisting and and pushing for for change so it's yeah. it's definitely historic and i'm i'm certainly you know happy ish with the results and and we'll keep but you know the problem is i think some people are like okay cool now what are you guys all going to do with all your mental space and energy i'm like whoa 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 the work is not done no this just means beginning. we have to work even harder like this yes. is the beginning Exactly. Yeah. And you know, like like I said at the top of the app, um, these leaks about what the what the cabinet choices might be are not it, you guys. And I mean, we need to be really, really um, strident and vocal about that. I know you refer to yourself proudly as a Warren Democrat. Do you see any role for her in that administration, or you think she she's good where she is in the Senate? She should be in the administration a hundred percent. You know, she mm. should be wherever she wants, and if that's Treasury Secretary, she should be Treasury Secretary. She yeah. be incredible, incredible in the was. administration. Yep. Have you yep. met her? Yes, three times. Ah. Oh. That's the coolest. Have you seen the pictures of me from the first time I met her? I was walking. Actually, I I was kind of just asking. I did know. Oh my God, you knew that. (laughs) So I was walking um, with a friend. Actually, the friend that I was celebrating with on the streets on Saturday. Um, We were walking from Union Square up. um, I think we were walking up Park Avenue South. And... I was, we were talking about Elizabeth Warren because I'm like, I was like Uh, always talking about this was, she was still running obviously. And I was, and I was like, I really truly believe, I think she's going to be our next president. Like she's so amazing. And I go, oh my God, there she is. My friend goes, what? And I go, there's Elizabeth Warren. And then I took off and I ran across the street and she, it was the night of the CNN climate town hall. So she was just walking because that's what she does. She walks like 10 miles a day. She's like, Mm -hmm. you know, and she's very Uh. recognizable in her cardigan and her, Oh my God. Yeah, and, she's and I icon. was like, and she's standing there and she's got a few people around her and I was like, Oh my God. I was like, can I say hi? Can I, is it okay if I say hi to her? And they were like, give us your phone. So they just start snapping pictures of me and I'm yeah. doing my Eliza thing of being like, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, my, my like neck tendons are like bulging. I'm like freaking out. I'm like uh, so uh, excited. I'm like, I was just talking about you. I love your criminal justice reform plan. Thank you for mentioning public defenders. <laughs> I mean, I'm just like gushing, like embarrassingly. I was shaking. And I I'm have met sure. like I've met like legit celebrities. I've mm-hmm. met like Super Bowl winning athletes. I have met like <laughs> rock stars, like top number one on the charts, top uh musicians. And I'm like, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Eliza. Yeah, yeah. And like yeah. the only meltdown I've ever had over anyone like that that was embarrassing fangirling was Elizabeth Warren. I gotta say, oh her God. being at SNL at, on the last show before lockdown, everybody at that show, including our, our very good friend, our best friend, Sudi Green, who's worked at that mm-hmm. show for six seasons, never gets starstruck, knows what the boundaries are. She was like, it was the first time I've ever seen her nervous around someone. She was like, I'm nervous. I was like, it's, that's her hero. And like, I was so, so, so nervous to meet her. And it was just such a seamless, natural, warm interaction where she was like, would you like a picture? immediately just was like would you like a picture and we were like yes um yeah just like what a what if what 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 if what a figure i mean like her and bernie just kind of really shifted my whole definitely view of what can be done of what a candidate could be um 
that's that's amazing. That's amazing that you've gotten that you've gotten to meet her. I know too. she's incredible. I mean, I idolize her. Made the party better too, because like the Democratic Party, like sometimes it's annoying how big of a tent it is because you feel like you're screaming <laughs> to be heard. But it really was kind of inspiring to see there was there was like a lot of ex- exchange of very different ideas all throughout our debate process and our primary process. And I know a lot of people were frustrated with the primary process, but I actually thought you know at least all of these things are being spoken out loud on a, on a world stage. I mean, now they are saying things like Medicare for all. It's like part of people's everyday language. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, like defund mm-hmm. the police is it has traction and like everyone, everyone, you know, if you're on the right side of things, you're behind it. Like, so these things, I mean, like- we've shifted the Overton window on a lot of, a lot of topics where, mm. you know, people were not talking about these. I mean, even, even on criminal justice issues, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, Joe Biden is the first president elected in our country who says categorically we should abolish the death penalty yeah it's a big deal big deal you know he says things like we should end cash bail we should abolish cash bail like it is i I mean listen is he as progressive as as i as any of us want no probably not but like the fact that these things are being said and the fact that that there are people within our party who just continue to push for those things is is a really big deal Really big deal, especially those who were on the national stage, people like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders and Julian Castro, like who who really pushed these things. Absolutely. And, you know, Biden is only saying these things because they were pushed so hard by these individuals or else or else you better you better bet your bottom dollar they would not being said. Um, so, and, and, you know, that's. Because the man's inclination is to float Meg Whitman uh, for the cabinet, oh, so that's 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 kind of where there's a rub. <laughs> um, but um, anyway, yeah, just wanted to wanted to get and just before we move on, what do you think about um, the legal challenges? Just as obviously someone in the legal profession, what do you think about what he is doing? Is it just sort of like he's within his rights to check that the election was, I guess, quote unquote, fair? Um, do you think there's any validity to to this? Like, what's your feedback um to all of us who's watching this sort of happen as trump disputes the result um that these are completely baseless he's gone over 10 and he will continue to be defeated in the courts because even republican judges are going to uphold the rule of law and this is an absolute ridiculous you know grasping at straws effort very sassy week for the judiciary (laughs) very much that very that very that. Um, okay, so um, gonna have to have a sassy week for the judiciary on that sure, one. Sure, on that one. Um, okay, so now we're going to move on to I don't think so, honey. Um, there's just so much to I think so, honey, and I don't think so, honey. But I have narrowed down to something. It is not political, um, but might be for some. Mm, okay. So what do you think, so Owen? I'm really interested to see what this is. This <laughs> okay. is Matt Rogers. I don't think so, honey. His time starts now. I don't think so, honey. When you're things are freezing in the refrigerator. Okay, I'm sorry, honey, but last I checked, (laughs) things are supposed to freeze in the freezer, mama. And if I'm going to my refrigerator and I'm looking at the settings and everything seems copacetic, why is my LaCroix frozen in the fridge? I don't think so, honey. This is bullshit. Because I'll tell Mm. you what happens when a liquid is frozen, honey. It's much more difficult to drink. And I, (laughs) if I'm going to the fridge to pull out a can of something a can of something, then I better be able to drink it. Because if I wanted it to be frozen, it would be in the fridge. It's like Nicki Minaj said. If I wanted to be drinking the pickle juice, 
I'll be drinking pickle juice right now. Yeah. But anyway, I have 15 seconds. a very similar situation between my fridge and my freezer. Someone please, reader with knowledge on the situation, if you are an expert on fridges, Five the way that Eliza is an expert on our legal system, then please reach out to me and make me understand why this is happening because until then, I don't think so, honey. And that's one minute. Can I say something? I am. You can going say whatever you want. Are you going through I'm, this? I'm experiencing the same exact issue. My my Blomberg fridge. The other pandemic. Fridge, the other stop. <laughs> my Blomberg fridge. It's missing an O. First of all. Oh, that's pathetic. B l o m b e r g. Like hello. Add an extra O and then make me question whether or not this was from a billionaire. Yeah, hello. But my fridge and I'm and I'm like turning it up to like the highest temperature setting, but it still freezes my shit. I don't know it's what crazy. the fuck is going on. And then I have then I'm an idiot. I'm like moving it's the can than too around. Warm, though. It is better than too warm. Because like, you're, if you can't right. get your fridge to keep your stuff cold, I really hate when I pull out a can of seltzer and it's like not cold enough. I'm like, what? Gotta no, say, that is so New York. That is so New York fridges. No, I'm experiencing it no, here. It's, it's these shit New York fridges and these New York appliances <laughs> that don't work. And that's another reason why I say go West, young man, women, no. non-binary friends. Come out West. Come to Los Angeles. I used to be you. I used to say, no, it's okay. I'll deal with the cold winters and the fridges that are that keep my beverages too warm and don't don't cool anything. No. I'm over it. Hmm. But then again, here I am in a Los Angeles apartment and the the LaCroix are frozen. So I don't know what to say. But it's so, someone reach out to Matt if you're if you're an expert on LA fridge <laughs> operation maintenance. <laughs> Please someone, one of the cultures out there that knows fridge culture. It's so disappointing. I tried to make myself a little drink before this, because you know the last culturistas have been getting a little loose on the episodes. Um this is our first episode with a guest in four episodes. Yes, and we're so honored that it's, it's an so honor. honored it's you. I'm honored. I'm honored. Um, anyway, I'll, I'll continue to keep the world updated on my fridge maladies. But um, in the meantime, let's have Bowen Yang's I don't think so, honey. What do you say, Bowen Yang? I have I I have a huge one, I think. I think it's oh really going to start a movement. Can we say hot? Hot. It's going to start a movement. Okay. I love whenever we preemptively declare a movement will start because of the mm-hmm. I don't think so, honey. Because this happened a couple weeks ago when I said I don't think so, honey. And then it was, oh, the, the people protesting outside of Disneyland. That oh, had, yes, That had right. to stop. That a had counter-protest, even. It was really ridiculous. And I just want to say they have not been successful. Disneyland is still rightfully closed in the city of Anaheim and the county of Orange. Um, okay, so this is Bowen Yang's I Don't Think So, Honey. And his time begins now. I don't think so, honey. 5G. Get new PR because no one knows what the hell your deal is. P- oh, you have people saying, oh my God, it's, it's you know, COVID happened because people are setting up 5G towers. No. Or, or, you have, or you have me. I don't believe those conspiracies, but I'm still over here like, what the hell is ultra wideband? I don't know. You're not communicating effectively what you even are. I cannot align myself with whether or not, whether or not I like you 5G if I support you. 5G because seconds. I don't know what the hell you are. I thought I had 5G LTE this whole damn time on my iPhone 11 Pro, and Mama. then I upgrade to a to a 12, and it's still and it's I still get the same LTE. AT and T is has not upgraded to ultra wideband, but I and yet I I, I don't know what ultra wideband is. I don't know 5G as an overall concept. 5G you have to. 
just present yourself better. You have not had the debutante ball for us to know who you are. You are not. You have not introduced yourself rightly into high society. And that's that's one minute. minute. And I just want to say, when you started going off about ultra wide five G, etc., you might as well have been speaking Mandarin as if you were the beginning of this episode. Because I don't know what any of this is. Five G. I don't know what it. I'm pretty good at parsing out all of this technical stuff. I have no. I cannot. You really are. I don't even know what the hell is going on with this 5G. Okay, now it's time for Eliza Orleans. I don't think so, honey. She sort of and jumped she, back. and I'm and like nervous. That. I've been like thinking about this all day. Because no. I, oh be, I want it to be pop culture, but like kind of like quasi-related. You guys have no idea. I like obsessed about it. <laughs> okay, I think I nailed it. I think I got a good one that is a really good overlap between... My Worlds. my platforms and uh-huh. pop culture. Here so, we go. Oh my god, Thanks I'm so for, excited. I know. It's I, like a good... uh, here we go. Bo and Yang, are you going to count it down? Yes. This All is right. Eliza Orleans. I don't think so, honey. Her time starts now. Okay, I don't think so, honey. Copaganda. Heroic <laughs> depictions of the police. Yep. It is a widespread tactic by the police oh. and the media. And I don't think so, yes. honey. There are TVs and movies that portray cops as heroes. Mm-hmm. It, they do performative displays of solidarity, sometimes mm-hmm. moments before tear gassing innocent protesters. Yes. I hate turning on my TV and seeing these shows that are making millions of dollars, which glorifies and justifies and normalizes the systemic violence mm-hmm. and injustice. Thirty seconds. Um, making heroes out of police and prosecutors. As a public defender for my whole career, I know that this is not the reality. And yet, these shows employ former police officers as mm-hmm. their consultants and downplay the presence of police violence against black seconds. people. And they normalize police misconduct and violent crime is down. And yet, most Americans believe crime is going up because of this and it makes it harder for us to push Five for seconds. systemic change and as someone who is going to change these things i need them to stop this straight up propaganda yeah and that's one minute that was one of the best ones we've had in months oh my gosh truly in a You're long so time right that is the definition of i don't think so honey that is exactly right and especially in like the current sort of way that we all consume media, which is just like through like a little um, recorded video on social media or something where it's like this woman crying, this female cop crying because she wasn't served McDonald's properly or something. Like, remember, remember that break. from like June? I was just like, wait a minute. Like, we're really just like playing to like our... I mean, but they think they're being like very calculating in the way that they're trying to like drum up sympathy in a way that is like very transparent and it was also like almost comical because it's like i don't care that this cop wasn't given mcdonald's like they fuck up my order all the time <laughs> like this is but it's like seeing these things where they're like like even um you know at washington square park when they had like the them linking arms with the protesters or oh. kneeling with the protesters give me and a then, break yet every other day they're pepper stri- pepper spraying like batoning you know, and, and like kettling crowd. Like, it's like, you know, come on. Come on. It's like, it's like, it's like the, the cops who took a knee in, in one picture, but then they literally zoom in on the badge and then they find that cop, like literally beating protesters with, with, with a stick. Like the next day, it's like, you guys, this is so transparent. And honestly, just like, I don't know. I don't know what the right word is. Craven. It's just like so dumb to me that like you think that this is something that we all fall for. And some people do, unfortunately. They stunt during the day and then they show up as themselves when the cameras aren't there at night. That's and right. when, when they know when they know it's not gonna be as easy 
to be um to manipulate everyone into thinking that they're like actually on their side but just doing their job like no fuck you and it's also the way that they're portrayed in TV and movies yes. and, and how like the, the bad guy is always the person who's accused of a crime and the good guy is always like the police and the prosecutor. And yes, it kind it of shows propaganda. this like it's contemporary, you know, pop culture really like sh- displays that police officers are acting in this way, that they know what they're doing. They're always extremely competent. They're always like doing the mm-hmm. right thing and fighting on the side of justice. And that's not the reality. Thank you for thank you for bringing up these consultants, by the way, because that's where that's the source of it all. And I did hear that on some shows, I won't say which, but like that, 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 uh, that I have friends that write for some of these shows and that there's going to be changes in the way that they tell their stories. And uh, as, as some of them wrap up their series that, that they're going to respond to the moment. We'll see how well, but, um, it's true. It's on, they're on every network and they have been really since the, since the, you know, must-see TV days, you know what I mean? Like, it was, we had NYPD Blue and all these shows, and it's just become such a, not for nothing, but, um, you know, easy container to fill with narrative that they do it because it's very easy to be cyclical with it in terms of the storytelling, in terms of, like, the narrative, because you have your built-in characters there. You have your heroes and your villains for whatever it's worth, and... um it's 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 crazy and i i've been really happy over the past several months to see that discussed and i'm certainly happy to see it i don't think so honeyed so expertly now thank you oh thank you hot damn i have to say <laughs> one more I like, time i was like i know I, I put a lot of pressure on myself for that i was like okay i have to get a good oh, line. you, you did stuck it. the land you, you did, did it, it. And um, if, really I, if anything, if, if anything else, that has to earn at least a $10 donation from you, reader, to ElizaOrleans.com to help get Eliza in office as the Manhattan DA and make our city better. And I just want to say, as someone who's living in Los Angeles and just saw Nithya Raman elected, you can make your city better. You you can. And let's get talking about it and let's start making it happen and start making the change because telling you like it, it, it is real it can happen and you know the fact that he's being so complacent right now and not even campaigning or announcing a campaign let him be complacent let's get let's build that ground support let's get it happening exactly let's get it happening. thank you thank you oh my max gosh. out for eliza as we say max out for eliza max out if it's not <laughs> if, if you can't max out with your wallet max out with your enthusiasm yes. your support spread the message i mean this i mean the the thing that distinguishes you from any other candidate right not even right now just overall is that you are a public defender we like imagine the the impact that has to get a public defender in the district attorney's office of manhattan huge 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 eliza thank you so much for coming on it's been our honor oh my god no it was so great to be here thank you for having me this was so much fun we love it okay so as you know readers we do end every episode with a song Bo and yang what are you thinking <laughs> i i think you take the lead on this one i, I, I can't think of anything okay here we go god, god bless, bless america. america we can sing the song again Make a choice. Make a choice, Bo. Through the night and the light from above. And if you want to hear that song sung well, go look up Celine Dion's version or something. Bye. Bye. (laughs)
There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get Titanique, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Some say Titanic is the best gay nightclub in the city, and those people are me. And me. So set sail with this kooky, crazy off-Broadway hit and get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Canva presentations might be the most visually impressive presentations you'll ever use. Start with a stunning template, use it as a springboard for your design, add images, graphics, charts, and data visualizations from the massive media library. It's easy to wow any audience with Canva presentations. Canva presentations are perfect for any deck you want to design for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can nail their presentation with Canva presentations. Perfect, record, and share a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. You'll appear in a video as a talking head on the slide, and it's the perfect solution if you can't be present in person or if time zones are tricky. Nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com, designed for work.